Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You guys, next up, a good friend to the Benzinga crowd and a guy who is constantly living the life of Riley, who I just want to be like every day of the week. Let's bring him on. The co-founder of Market Rebellion, the guy who's on CNBC, he's got a brother. I've got a brother. I'm going to grow my goatee out and wear a Kangol and, like and be more like this. Why not, man? Patrick, you would rock it if you did it. Do you think I could still play in the NFL or is it too late? It might be late for both of us to still play in the NFL, but okay, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Uh, I'm I'm lucky enough to be down here at Bitcoin Miami, and uh, I'm on. We have uh, some luxury boats uh, that's part of LuxuryMiami.com, where we have several oh, so big cool. yachts that we rent out. And I tell you what, other than cannabis, there's nothing hotter than yachts because <laughs> everybody wants to be on a yacht, even during uh, COVID. And now that COVID's gone, uh, because it's been gone in Florida for a while, Patrick. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if it ever was in Florida, apparently. Oh, God. You should have seen it last night at Live right over here uh, at uh, the Fountain Blue. Because right. these folks are parked right in front of the Fountain Blue. And might have been a 1,000 people down there pulsing around. <laughs> oh, my God. That nightclub last night. Uh, if Raznick was down here, he would have been there. Trust oh, I know he would have been. He would have been the guy oddly pulsating to whatever beat was in his head in the middle of that dance floor. That's right. That is hysterical, man. <laughs> yeah, no, of course we do. So, John, I feel like the last time I saw you was at our Miami event last year, literally right yep. before everything shut down. Yeah. Um, and we're coming back live, man. October 13th and 14th, we'll be in New York City. And Fantastic. then obviously after that in February, we'll come back to the Fountain Blue in mm -hmm. Miami. So, so we're... we're we're looking forward to being back, man, and seeing you live. But, but John, what are you seeing in the markets right now? I, I don't know if you if you've got prepared slides or anything. If so, go for I it. Do. But yeah, yeah. I, I can show some. But um, what am I seeing? Um, as far as sundial, as soon as you put up that poll, I knew if it was sundial or Tilray, people would be all over both because oh, man. Uh, those are getting a lot of love. Um, and speculative money isn't just going into AMC. And, uh, you know, the, what they used to call meme stocks, since I'm a rebel, I call them meme stocks. And I, I think it makes more sense than meme stocks because, you know, a lot of the people that are buying those stocks, as well as cannabis stocks, are folks that are non-traditional investors on Wall Street. Um, right. And, you know, some, what, 12 million of those guys joined Robinhood and uh, Voyager and, you know, you know, app store, you know, downloads and all that kind of stuff because they love trading on apps. And uh, most of the guys and gals on Wall Street, Patrick, that you and I've seen, you know, what do they always show when they're just like I always show? You know, you've got like screens stacked to the ceiling. You know, you've got four big 30-inch monitors or whatever. And yet the people that are eating their lunch are all these, you know, people trading on, on their... their yeah. On their cell phones. On it's app. annoying as hell. 
Yeah, it is annoying as hell. And my hat's off to him. Of course. Yeah. Oh, with him. the I mean, bandana. You got to have yeah. the bandana. Yeah, you got it. Well, when you've got a bald head and you've got a 10 or 11 on the uh, UV scale down here in Miami right now, um, you need to have something to cover it up. Um, so fair. otherwise, it would just be peeling. <laughs> no, man, no we don't want that. to cover it up, Patrick. Well, but, listen, for now, for now. Now I'll knock on wood for a little while longer here. But listen, as I, John, I, I want these guys to hear from you about some of these stocks, right? So if, you, if you've got some slides, go ahead and start pulling them up here. But I think from my perspective, man, you, you look at what's happening in Sundial, right? And the chat is blowing up right now with Sundial, 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 right? And sure. we know we know what's going on with with uh, with the the Reddit groups, and we understand that there's a lot of opportunity. The volume's off the charts, right? But let's talk about some of these companies that are executing, right? We had Kim Rivers on from True Leave this morning. She gave our keynote, right? Oh, I love right? her. I, I got to interview her at one of your conferences, and she's fabulous. And they have done um, just incredible things. That's Florida-based company, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yep. over 50 dispensaries down there. They just opened, uh, you know, what is it? Northampton, Massachusetts. I believe that was yesterday, right? So their first mm -hmm. build from the ground up in another market, right? And I understand that some of these companies, and maybe I'll get your take on this. Some of these companies like your True Leave, for instance, right? You know, maybe it's not as exciting for a trader. Maybe there's not a catalyst every single day, right? Mm -hmm. Because their head's down executing. But what do you do as a trader? And as an investor, when you see a company that like that, you know that they're leading the market, um, but but maybe there's not a catalyst every day. What do you do? Are, are, are you trying to get ahead of some of these catalysts that you expect to happen and hedging your bets or, or are you kind of waiting for the next one? Um, generally, um, as you know, Patrick, uh, Pete and I, my brother and I are all about really trying to follow what we call the smart money. We're not saying that... Um, that no one else can follow smart money. But what we're saying is we've got algorithms and machine learning uh, tools that basically help us see where the big uh, fast money is being invested right then and there. So to your question about, you know, do I wait for a catalyst? Yes, but um, most of the time that catalyst is that fast money. And mm. knock on wood, both in Sundial and Tilray, um, we have seen fast money flowing in there to either stock or options. Um, and we track both as well as um, our newest thing is that we like, you know, I think all of your guys at Benzinga, Benzinga does a fabulous job bringing out um, good information. Um, the more data I can get that can uh, not just confuse me, Patrick, by having overload, you know, information overload, but it can basically give me, you know, black and white, up or down, thumbs up or thumbs down recommendations. We're using a lot of uh, Reddit right now and Reddit far more than Twitter. Um, Twitter, you know, believe it or not, uh, is dying as far as a catalyst. Um, it's a great marketing tool and we use it for that. Uh, but Twitter, as far as, you know, where the it's not like hedge funds or the same folks that are trading um, True Leave or Tilray, Sundial, you know, any of these stocks, they're not posting that stuff up on Twitter. They're posting it on Reddit, on Wall Street bets and places like that. And so we love following that. Um, and basically just the, the catalyst for us is 
if all of a sudden it starts exceeding um, the, the prior five minutes, 10 minutes, hour, two hours, week, or whatever it might be as far as the time frame, that matters to us. So like this one, MindMed, I know you guys know that one. That's a, um, you know, uh, yeah, psychedelic. JR. Yeah, J.R. Ron, love him. Um, luckily, Kevin O'Leary put me onto this one. He put a chunk of money in. I followed him. We did some podcasts with both Kevin and JR, and stock was 30 some odd cents. Uh, and then obviously ran and is now uplisted on the NASDAQ, and it's, I don't know, three bucks or more. Um, you know, when you can get a 10x out of one of these things, it just makes so much sense. And this is, you know, uh, this is not to uh, throw shade at Kim or any of the dispensary plays, but uh, this is not a dispensary play. This is, as you know, clinical trials for people with PTSD, people with addictions and all that. So right. we love, you know, there it is, a quick little graph of, uh, you know, the stock from 30 cents up, you know, to just recently as high as 450 something. And as of that slide, May 26th, it was 316. Um, John 316, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yep. And you can check any of those out, you know, the our podcasts with Kevin and so forth. And as he said, highest return this year, psychedelics. And that was mine then. Um, and uh, I always like Calvin and Hobbes. You've probably seen that I've Love posted Calvin up a Hobbes. lot of those. You know, life could be worse. And he says, it could be a lot better, too. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are looking for that a lot better. And, yeah. you know, quite frankly, I think we find it um, with stuff like this. So, you know, this was mind med. Um, if, if somebody was to ask me right now, and this is, you know, a, a relatively current slide. I wouldn't just get in here and buy um, MindMed at three. I think if I can own this thing, you know, and basically throw on the January 5-7 spread for 45 cents, which you can see right there on the screen, that's what, it, you know, if I paid the offer and hit the bid, I could do it for 45 cents when I put that slide up. Um, instead of, you know, in other words, you're getting back into a stock that I that I believe in and I think that you guys believe in as well. For sure. I'm in it from June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, eight months for 45 cents. If this thing's five, uh, over five bucks, um, I'm probably doubling or tripling my money. If it goes to 750 or higher, you know, I turn a $45 investment into $250 per spread. I mean, that to me is, is the way I like to play these because I don't know when the catalyst is other than an uplist. Um, I don't know when the next catalyst is for a stock like MindMed. Um, but if you compared it, instead of putting $31,000 to buy a 10,000 share position, I could put on this spread 100 times, control 10,000 shares of MindMed uh, for $4,500. Um, again, because I have so many positions on Patrick, um, I think it makes sense for me and for your viewers and listeners to say, why wouldn't I want that? It's not just leverage. Leverage is, you know, something that's, I think, really good as long as you know what you're doing. Um, you don't want to just go out there and buy, you know, 100 of those calls for a buck 25 because that's real money. Um, but if I put on a spread for 45 cents, 
I'm putting down less than half of the money that I'd put down if I bought those calls for a buck 25. Instead, by buying that one and selling the other, I'm putting 4,500 bucks down. I think, you know, I could easily have that be 9,000, 18,000, 20, you know, that kind of thing. So that's one thing I wanted to throw to you guys. I love that. I love um, that, John. I think that's really cool. And now listen, I know you, I know you've got some slides here, so I'm going to actually jump out of the way. I'll be here if you need me, but oh, I know you, I know you can, you can talk. I, I want you to, to, to go through this because these guys are going to get a lot more value out of what you're going to say than, <laughs> than having me moderate you. All but, right. But, but, but you're sure killing it, man. You, Keep going. All right. But make sure that you throw any questions that they might have or whatever at me. For um, sure. So you guys in the chat, throw throw your questions in. I'm sure John will be here to answer them and I'll, I'll pose them along the way. Absolutely. So more or less, folks, um, this is what my brother Pete and I do on CNBC almost every day. Um, we do it, of course, for our subscribers at Market Rebellion. Um, but then luckily, we get to go on TV and talk about unusual activity. And, um, you know, we, we named it because we have a friend who was... Uh, um, a pilot in the Marine Corps um, did Harriers and everything else. And he saw what we were doing. And he said, especially once we started doing it with artificial intelligence and machine learning, he said, this is really like a heat seeker. So, of course, we had to, you know, patent that and uh, trademark that because we said, yeah, that's what it is. This is going for, um, you know, a uh, uh, an engine of a plane. Uh, and it's just following that heat. And so that's what we do. So for instance, here's a Tilray um, trade. Tilray, I've already spoken about how much I like the stock. Um, and again, I like Tilray. I like Sundial. I like um, Trulieve. I mean, there's so many cannabis stocks I like. As they say frequently, you can't kiss all the girls, but you can certainly kiss a lot of the girls if you spread it out. Um, so instead of, again, getting in here and buying, you know, for 14, uh, if I put that thousand shares down, that's 14 grand. Instead, I could control this thing for $159 per option, which means, of course, $1,500 for a 10 lot of these calls. of the And this went up uh, the middle of May and they were buying June calls. So those calls still have two weeks to live. Now, you guys know what Tilray's done in the past two weeks. Um, I don't have my live quotes. Let me see. I'll take a look here and see where Tilray is today. Uh, let's see here. T-L-R-Y. 19.25, I show, down about 2.5%. So it's up $5 from when we put this spread on. Um, and we saw unusual activity in the 14s. Again, that's what we're going to follow. And then uh, they were selling the 16s against it. So whoever was doing this 4,300 times, you know, that's somebody pretty big. That's 430,000 share equivalent since every option is 400 shares. So what are they doing here? Well, take a look. You know, they're basically putting 60 some odd cents down, not a buck 59, but 60 some odd cents since every option is for 100 shares. That's $60 per spread. And obviously the spread has already um, gone to that full $2. So they put $60 down. It already went to $200. We have rolled up and rolled up um, in this one. And the last time we took profits, I think was just a little over 20. Um, and that's not 
me saying, oh, oh, John, you're so smart. Let's, let's always uh, talk about our winners. The important thing, Patrick, and for all the viewers and listeners, is that um, this helps us on the ones that don't work. Um, for every three we have is a winner, and I'll say about three quarters of them, um, we have 25% that aren't. And it's, believe it or not, um, since I've been doing this now, it, uh, we're coming up on 40 years this September because I came uh, to Chicago to play football for the Bears. That worked out for four games, and then I got cut, came down to the floor um, in 1981. So there were barely puts on all the stocks in 1981 um, because they listed calls first when the exchanges started in 73, and then in, uh, they started listing put options after that, but not on every stock. It's almost like weeklies are now. In other words, not every stock has weeklies, just like back then, not every stock in 1980 had, uh, had puts, but by the time I got there in 81, they did. Anyway, you gotta be able to control your risk. Um, so I talked about not, want, uh, not being able to kiss all the girls, but I don't know which one of these is gonna you know, explode the most to the upside. My catalysts are this unusual activity. So in Tilray, obviously this one did pan out um, and we rolled up to you know that first spread when it went through 16. I uh, closed this spread out, put on the 1720 uh, spread. When it went through 20, closed that one out. And now I have a spread that I think is 2022 or something like that. In other words, I own the 20s and I'm short the 22s. So on a day like today, when it's down, uh, whatever, 2.7%, uh, trading $19.17, um, I'm not pulling what little hair I have left out. I am still in the game because I've addressed what can happen to volatility compression, which is vega in option speak, and theta, which is time decay. I've addressed both by putting on a spread. So there's Tilray, and there you see it as we took off that first spread that I talked about there, um, putting on the stock when it was 14, getting out when it hit 16, and then rolling up to that next spread. Um, that's, by the way, our cannabis ETF. We're one of the largest um, and most liquid cannabis ETFs, uh, THCX. My brother Pete and I are advisors to that company. We don't trade it um, for them, but we are advisors to that. And I thought I'd show you guys uh, this one. This is, uh, you know, some more activity. Um, and here you see uh, various, down that right side of the screen, those are strike prices, of course, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. And you can see how you would put together a spread, which again, means that I'm going to, um, and it's out in October, um, October uh, 16 calls versus the October 20s. So if I buy those October 16s, um, dollars and some odd cents and sell those 20s for a dollar, you know, do something in the middle there. I'm paying about $145 for each spread because $1.45, move that decimal place two spots over is $145 since every option is 400 shares. And that puts me in a better position to win. So again, if I was to jump in and buy THCX when it's $16.83, 10,000 shares cost me $168,000. I can put that spread on 14 times, uh, I'm sorry, 100 times 
um, for that $145. So a uh, 10 lot that would represent a thousand shares would cost me 1400. A hundred lot would cost me 14,000. So again, you take a look at that and that's how I can kiss all the girls because I can have Tilray on, I can have um, THCX, I can have Sundial, I can have a whole bunch of those you know, uh, fishing lines in the water. Um, and I know that I'm not going to get wiped out. By the way, again, to manage my risk here, because I think that's always important to stress, Patrick, to manage my risk. Yeah, 14,000 is still something I don't want to lose. Um, if that spread were to shrink to 70 cents from $1.40 where I put it on, I would exit because I'd say, you know what? Maybe I was just uh, right church, but the wrong pew. I'm in you know, a cannabis stock or a cannabis ETF that I believe in, but you know what? Whatever my catalyst was didn't play out. So I'm going to exit. Um, so- and John, just to just to further illuminate that, if you can, what are you looking at? What, is it is, is there a, a bottom that you're saying? All right, there's a threshold below this. I'm out. You know, I, I'm gonna. I'm, yeah. What do you What are you looking at specifically? Fifty percent. Uh, if I have a fifty percent drawdown, Patrick, of my spread. Again, these aren't stock trades. These are option trades. If I have a fifty percent drawdown, I cut and run um, because I'm going to say, you know what. I'm I'm willing to put fourteen thousand on the table. If it shrinks to seven thousand, I'm out. I'm saying I was just wrong for whatever reason. I didn't play this one correctly. Move on. Um, again, these aren't our kids, Patrick. These aren't a spouse. These are investments. And if they don't work, I move on to the next investment. Right. Um, as long as you're disciplined about doing that, folks, you can make a lot of money in this game. If you are not disciplined then what you'll find is you can't eat like a bird and shit like an elephant. Um, <laughs> so if I'm willing to put this trade on for $1.45 with the idea that it could go to $4, the difference between 16 and um, 20 is $4. I paid, call it $1.50 for that. So I have $2.50 profit to make if I, if I played this right. Um, so in other words, that'd be a heck of a return. I can't, um, and by the way, if this spread doubles, if it goes from um, $1.45 to $2.90, I will take off at least half, 50% or more. Why? Because I'm being disciplined about taking profits. And to Patrick's point, I have a, you know, a firm stop in my head for that spread that if I lose half of that spread, I'm out. That way, I'm not going to eat like a bird and crap like an elephant. I am going to um, take profits um, on my winners, and I'm going to cut those losers. And if you're willing to do that, um, whoops, I guess that's the last slide. But if you're willing to do that, um, I think you can be in this game a long time. So that's my goal, Patrick, is basically I just want to be the guy that uh, um, has lots of singles and doubles. I don't need to swing for the fences. I think most of your... Um, subscribers to Benzinga Pro or to uh, the viewers of this conference would much rather have, you know, a high batting average, which is what I'm shooting for, than just sitting there. We all know if you just swing for the fences, you're going to strike out a lot. When I strike out, I'm only going to lose half. I'm not going to lose that whole nut on, on these trades. And that's why I've been able to do this for 40 years. And 
That's why I'm excited about every day that, you know, um, ends in Y. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, especially since I trade so much crypto now too, Patrick, I mean, that's something that's 24-7. I don't stay up 24, but I love the fact that on a Saturday or Sunday, I can pull up my little Voyager app and say, hey, let me let me get in here and uh, do a little crypto trading right now. Um, and by the way, um, I when I am tra trading crypto, I have one wallet that's for trading and one that's just in cold storage. It's off the internet. That's where my investments are in crypto. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. You know, yep, I, because I, I, I don't I touch them. Yeah, it's smart. So I'm going to come back to that in a second because I, I definitely want to talk about crypto here. But when it comes to that 50%, that potential, let's call it 50% yep. loss, right, on the spread, um, we, we probably have a wide range of, of traders and investors listening here. Some that are, that are beginner stage, right? And 50%, that ride might be a scary one for them, right? To see right. that decrease by 50%. What do you say to someone early on you know, in their in their career as a trader or an investor, when they start to see that dial down a little bit, right? They start to see some of that loss, right? Obviously, everybody has to find their own comfort level and what their 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 own personal risk management looks like. But what do you mm -hmm. say to someone when they first start to see that 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 red line? Um, I think, um, especially if if they learn spreads, Patrick. Sorry about that. Um, All good. I, th I think people are going to be more um, comfortable because they've defined their risk when they enter. Um, it's why I think option traders are so much better than just pure stock trading, because you can set a stop, even put it in a mechanical stop, you know, not just in your head, but you can set a stop with virtually every platform out there. But if it gaps, you know, if it's bad news and the CEO is sleeping with his secretary or you know, uh, puts out some crazy tweet or whatever it might be, and the stock gaps down 30%, that's where you're getting out um, if you're a stock trader. On the other hand, um, I define my risk when I enter with an option. And so that's why I can sleep at night because I know exactly in that case of uh, 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 that THCX trade, I know that I would only lose $14,000 on that trade, if I screwed the thing up completely, and one of those bad things happens, some crazy tweet, some you know shutting down dispensaries, whatever it might be, um, I would, uh, I know how much I've got at risk. That guy that paid um, whatever it was, one hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars for a ten thousand share position, has no idea um, because if it gaps down thirty percent, and we've all seen these things happen. Um, right. And especially, by the way, folks, if you like being a short seller, um, the best short sellers on earth do it with options. They buy puts. Um, if Ackman would have bought puts in Herbalife, he probably wouldn't have got smoked like he did. He made a lot of money on the initial call because people said, oh, my God, you know, he's a smart guy. He's getting short Herbalife. And we've heard for years that maybe it's a Ponzi or whatever. Um, all of a sudden, Carl Icahn comes on TV and stuffs it, you know, where the sun doesn't shine on uh, Mr. Ackman. If he would have owned puts, which he did after that, and now whenever I see him do a big short, he's in the puts. He is not <laughs> shorting the stock. Um, yeah, it's because, you're again, it's all about defining your risk. So to your point, what do you tell that person when they see that red? Just tell them, hey, look, 
it's it's just like a rainy day. You're going to get a rainy day every once in a while, but you know you don't want to have your house wiped out that rainy day. You want to make sure that you have defined your risk, and you can do that with options. Awesome, John. A couple of uh, a couple more questions for you, and we'll let you go here. But you know, when it comes to when it comes to cannabis and crypto, right? Two very hot. Uh, and and sort of top of mind sectors that a lot of these investors are looking at on a daily basis, right? What, how do you compare the two, right? How would you define, you know, the the momentum for each one of these? Um, it's a good question, um, but uh, obviously, crypto is far more volatile um, yeah. than cannabis. I mean, cannabis before we had now, if, what could make cannabis a lot more volatile if there is, uh, if the Safe Banking Act in front of Congress um, were to all of a sudden really catch fire and there's a real hot debate on, yeah, we're going to let banks, uh, you know, handle uh, cannabis money and all that kind of stuff, which right now, you know, that's that's a big impediment. Um, right. That would be a big boost in volatility. But other than that, I think uh, cannabis is much more um, just a demand story and the demand is there, obviously. It's, it's a story for companies like Kim's where they've got, you know, 50 plus dispensaries down here. Um, they've got, uh, you know, can they meet the demand um, and, uh, you know, the competition? Because unfortunately, it's still black market cannabis competing against legal cannabis. Um, and they've put so many taxes on cannabis that, you know, for, for a lot of the right reasons, but um, that helps the black market cannabis guys, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so crypto, far more volatile. Um, I like, um, believe it or not, I even like Doge. Um, and I still have a lot of Doge. I bought back in on the big dip. I, I sold because buy rumor, sell news still works, Patrick. <laughs> Elon Musk was championing Bitcoin and Doge. I was long a lot. Um, when I, but I knew when he, they announced in April 24th, look it up, they announced that he was going to go on Saturday Night Live. I bought all the doge I could afford, um, and I sold, as I said on our podcast, we do a daily crypto podcast um, uh, called The Daily Crypto Bite. Um, I said on there, you've got to be out of this thing Friday or Saturday because that's going to be the top for doge. Now, doesn't mean it can't go higher years from now or months from now or anything else. But your your catalyst was clear. You knew you had a catalyst with him going on Saturday Night Live, and you knew uh, that it's buy rumors, sell news. There's few adages on Wall Street more true than that. So, Patrick, I'd say um, to your question, cannabis or crypto, um, crypto I love for that outperformance, but I would have a much more overweight to my holding in cannabis than I would in crypto. Crypto in my portfolio is about 15% right now. Cannabis, I'm probably up around 20, 25% of the portfolio in various uh, cannabis related plays. Very cool, very cool. Well, listen, we've got got a couple more questions here. This one, uh, I mean, a, a really quick one, which app would you suggest for crypto, right? And then this one, and you just named Voyager, so maybe it's that one. But uh, Patrick, can you ask him his opinion on Voyager and their ability to pay nine to ten percent interest on stablecoin? Um, sure. So, any anything, any insight you have there? Sure. Well, um, 
I love this app, uh, Voyager. You know, that's what I trade on every day. Um, like I said, I have two wallets, one that I trade on Patrick, one that's in cold storage, not connected to the net at all. Um, uh, so I love that. How are they able to pay that? Well, those stable coins, um, they pay, I think it is 9% for Something that. Like US, that yeah. Yep. For that USTT, um, you know, that tethered, uh, um, uh, crypto. I love the fact that, uh, and one of the reasons folks that people, uh, find this is that uh, a lot of people want to um, trade futures on crypto and uh, somebody has to provide that, um, you know, that upside for that future. They're not just betting against you. For the most part, most professional traders don't just bet against somebody who's buying a lot of futures or options. They're hedging. They're putting on some longs and um, uh, these companies lend out that those uh, contracts to the people that want to be short it um, and provide that downside protection or whatever, because if I'm providing downside protection in crypto, I need to be short uh, in order to do that. So they have to be able to borrow um, those coins. And that's where that lending uh, is why you get those really high, uh, you know, sometimes it's between seven and 9%, depending on the crypto for deposited crypto. And that's, again, when we're getting nothing in the bank, that seems like a pretty good play to me. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I, what I'm taking away from this too, and I really appreciate you you joining us today, John, and I'm Thank really you. pissed off that I didn't get an invitation to the boat, but, but, but a little, let's see yeah, first. thanks, man. Thanks. Look at this, you guys, come on, living the life of Riley down here in Miami, John Nigerian. But John, you know, what I'm taking away from this is that you're at a crypto conference in, in Miami, in Miami, you're having a great time. You're on a yacht. And you still have more cannabis in your portfolio than crypto. Yep. That's what I'm taking away from this. Yep. And uh, that's mainly because, like I say, it's more stable. Um, I think you always have to weigh risk reward, Patrick. Um, so um, for the end, because you get a nice fat premium, let's say you just owned a bunch of uh, Tilray or Sundial or, you know, Canopy Growth, any of these. Um you get a nice premium on selling calls against that. And whenever I'm doing that, that's like having an apartment down here in Miami and renting it out. I'm going to make a fortune um, renting out that apartment. And in many cases, I can take my cost of ownership. You saw that, you know, back in the middle of May, Tilray was 14 bucks. I can make almost 100% just selling calls um, over the course of a year. Not immediately, but over the course of a year, you saw the, you know, a one month out call was trading for a buck 40. So 10 months of that means <laughs> you, you made the price of your investment. So uh, I love uh, having something stable like that, that I can just write calls because I know the demand is there for cannabis, Patrick. So that's why I love, uh, you know, having something stable like that, that I can just let somebody else take the upside on it. I just want to get that cash flow. Yeah, no, I hear that, man. I hear that. Well, listen, John, I really appreciate it. Uh, you joining us from the yacht in Miami. Now, marketrebellion.com. Um, yes, sure. Where should folks follow you? Uh, do, you do you have a handle that we can give out where people can can follow sure, just, your, your many adventures? Um, you know, Twitter handle is just my name, J-O-N-N-A-J-A-R-I-A-N. Or on Instagram, I'm the Dr. J. And, the Dr. Uh, J. The Dr. J. And I'll be putting out some stuff with Kevin O'Leary 
this afternoon because uh, this afternoon and tomorrow, Kevin and I, and Kevin's part of this uh, yacht rental biz. Of um, course he is. Of course he is. <laughs> and nothing better. I mean, these are parked right in front of the Fountain Blue. So if you guys come down to Florida, um, our boats are right there. Well, Ra I just found out Rasnick is actually there right now. He and, he and Luke Mount are there Luke? for the for the conference. So oh, okay. I'll, I'll well, make I'll sure that he hits you up. I'm heading I'm over sure. there in about 30 minutes. Okay, I'll make sure he hits you up. But but okay. it's great to see you, man. Thanks for joining. Have a great time. Uh, and, you know, we'll see you again soon. I look forward to it. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, everybody. Pleasure. Take care, John. All right, you guys, you heard it directly from the horse's mouth there. John Nigerian. Uh, a wealth of knowledge, right? That guy could talk options all day and I would be listening to every word he says for sure.